Chapter Fifty Nine of the Vicomte de Bracelonne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine. The Vicomte de Bracelonne by Alexandre Dumas. Chapter Fifty Nine. A quarter of an hour's delay. Fouquet, on leaving his house for the second time that day, felt himself less heavy and less disturbed than might have been expected. He turned towards Pelisson, who was meditating in the corner of the carriage some good arguments against the violent proceedings of Colbert. "'My dear Pelisson,' said Fouquet, "'it is a great pity you are not a woman.' "'I think, on the contrary, it is very fortunate.' replied Pelisson, for, Monseigneur, I am excessively ugly. Pelisson, Pelisson, said the superintendent, laughing, you repeat too often you are ugly, not to leave people to believe that it gives you much pain. In fact it does, Monseigneur, much pain. There is no man more unfortunate than I. I was handsome. The smallpox rendered me hideous. I am deprived of a great means of attraction. Now, I am your principal clerk, or something of that sort. I take great interest in your affairs, and if, at this moment, I were a pretty woman, I could render you an important service. What? I would go and find the concierge of the Palais. I would seduce him, for he is a gallant man, extravagantly partial to women. Then I would get away our two prisoners. I hope to be able to do so myself, although I am not a pretty woman, replied Fouquet. "'Granted, Monseigneur, but you are compromising yourself very much.' "'Oh!' cried Fouquet, suddenly, with one of those secret transports which the generous blood of youth, or the remembrance of some sweet emotion, infuses into the heart. "'Oh! I know a woman who will enact a personage we stand in need of, with the lieutenant-governor of the concierge. "'And on my part I know fifty, Monseigneur.' fifty trumpets which will inform the universe of your generosity of your devotion to your friends and consequently will ruin you sooner or later in ruining themselves i do not speak of such woman pelisson i speak of a noble and beautiful creature who joins to the intelligence and wit of her sex the valour and coolness of ours i speak of a woman handsome enough to make the walls of a prison bow down to salute her discreet enough to let no one suspect by whom she has been sent a treasure said pelisson you would make a famous present to monsieur the governor of the concierge peste monseigneur he might have his head cut off but he would before dying have had such happiness as no man had enjoyed before him and i add said fouquet that the concierge of the palais would not have his head cut off for he would receive of me my horses to effect his escape, and five hundred thousand livres wherewith to live comfortably in England. I add that this lady, my friend, would give him nothing but the horses and the money. Let us go and seek her, Pelisson. The superintendent reached forth his hand towards the golden and silken cord placed in the interior of his carriage, but Pelisson stopped him. Monseigneur, said he, you are going to lose as much time in seeking this lady as Columbus took to discover the new world. Now we have but two hours in which we can possibly succeed. 
the concierge wants gone to bed how shall we get at him without making a disturbance when daylight dawns how can we conceal our proceedings go go yourself monseigneur and do not seek either woman or angel to-night but my dear pelisson here we are before her door what before the angel's door why yes this is the hotel of madame de belliere hush ah good lord exclaimed pelisson what have you to say against her nothing alas and it is that which causes my despair nothing absolutely nothing why can i not on the contrary say ill enough of her to prevent your going to her but fouquet had already given orders to stop and the carriage was motionless prevent me cried fouquet why no power on earth should prevent my going to pay my compliments to madame de plessis belliere besides who knows that we shall not stand in need of her no monseigneur no but i do not wish you to wait for me pelisson replied fouquet sincerely courteous the more reason i should monseigneur knowing that you are keeping me waiting you will perhaps stay a shorter time take care you see there is a carriage in the courtyard she has someone with her fouquet leaned towards the steps of the carriage one word more cried pelisson do not go to this lady till you have been to the concierge for heaven's sake eh five minutes pelisson replied fouquet alighting at the steps of the hotel leaving pelisson in the carriage in a very ill humour fouquet ran upstairs told his name to the footman which excited an eagerness and a respect that show the habit the mistress of the house had of honouring that name in her family monsieur le surintendant cried the marquise advancing very pale to meet him what an honour what an unexpected pleasure said she then in a low voice take care added the marquise marguerite fanel is here madame replied fouquet rather agitated i came on business one single word and quickly if you please and he entered the saloon madame fanel had risen paler more livid than envy herself fouquet in vain addressed her with the most agreeable most pacific salutation she only replied by a terrible glance darted at the marquise and fouquet this keen glance of a jealous woman is a stiletto which pierces every cuirass marguerite fanel plunged it straight into the hearts of the two confidants she made a courtesy to her friend a more profound one to fouquet and took leave under pretence of having a number of visits to make without the marquise trying to prevent her or fouquet a prey to anxiety thinking further about her she was scarcely out of the room and fouquet left alone with the marquise before he threw himself on his knees without saying a word i expected you said the marquise with a tender sigh oh no cried he or you would have sent away that woman she has been here little more than half an hour and i had no expectation she would come this evening you love me just a little then marquise that is not the question now it is of your danger how are your affairs going on i am going this evening to get my friends out of the prisons of the palais how will you do that by buying and bribing the governor he is a friend of mine can i assist you without injuring you oh marquise it would be a signal service but how can you be employed without your being compromised now never shall my life my power 
or even my liberty be purchased at the expense of a single tear from your eyes or of one frown of pain upon your brow monseigneur no more such words they bewilder me i have been culpable of trying to serve you without calculating the extent of what i was doing i love you in reality as a tender friend and as a friend i am grateful for your delicate attentions but alas alas you will never find a mistress in me marquise cried fouquet in a tone of despair why not because you are too much beloved said the young woman in a low voice because you are too much beloved by too many people because the splendour of glory and fortune wound my eyes whilst the darkness of sorrow attracts them because in short i who have repulsed you in your proud magnificence i who scarcely looked at you in your splendour i came like a madwoman to throw myself as it were into your arms when i saw a misfortune hovering over your head you understand me now monseigneur become happy again that i may remain chaste in heart and in thought your misfortune entails my ruin oh madame said fouquet with an emotion he had never before felt were i to fall to the lowest degree of human misery and hear from your mouth that word which you now refuse me that day madame you will be mistaken in your noble egotism that day you will fancy you are consoling the most unfortunate of men and you will have said i love you to the most illustrious the most delighted the most triumphant of the happy beings of this world he was still at her feet kissing her hand when pelisson entered precipitately crying in a very ill humour monseigneur madame for heaven's sake excuse me monseigneur you have been here half an hour oh do not both look at me so reproachfully madame pray who is that lady who left your house soon after monseigneur came in madame fanel said fouquet ha cried pelisson i was sure of that well what then why she got in her carriage looking deadly pale what consequence is that to me yes but what she said to her coachman is of consequence to you kind heaven cried the marquise what was that to monsieur colbert's said pelisson in a hoarse voice bon dieu begone begone monseigneur replied the marquise pushing fouquet out of the saloon whilst pelisson dragged him by the hand am i then indeed said the superintendent become a child to be frightened by a shadow you are a giant said the marquise whom a viper is trying to bite in the heel pelisson continued to drag fouquet to the carriage to the palais at full speed cried pelisson to the coachman the horses set off like lightning no obstacle relaxed the pace for an instant only at the arcade saint jean as they were coming up upon the place de grève a long file of horsemen bearing the narrow passage stopped the carriage of the superintendent there was no means of forcing this barrier it was necessary to wait till the mounted archers of the watch for it was they who stopped the way had passed with the heavy carriage they were escorting and which ascended rapidly towards the place baudoyer fouquet and pelisson took no further account of this circumstance beyond deploring the minute's delay they had thus to submit to they entered the habitation of the concierge du palais five minutes after
that officer was still walking about in front court. At the name of Fouquet whispered in his ear by Pelisson, the governor eagerly approached the carriage, and, hat in hand, was profuse in his attentions. "'What an honour for me, Monseigneur,' said he. "'One word, Monsieur le Governor. Will you take the trouble to get into my carriage?' The officer placed himself opposite Fouquet in the coach. Monsieur, said Fouquet, I have a service to ask you. Speak, Monseigneur. A service that will be compromising for you, Monsieur, but which will assure to you forever my protection and my friendship. Were to cast myself in the fire for you, Monseigneur, I would do it. That is well, said Fouquet. What I require is much more simple. That being so, Monseigneur, what is it? To conduct me to the chamber of Monsieur Sliodon and Demeris. Will Monseigneur have the kindness to say for what purpose? I will tell you that in their presence, Monsieur, at the same time that I will give you ample means of palliating this escape. Escape? Why, then Monseigneur does not know. What? That Monsieur Sliodon and Demeris are no longer here. Since when? cried Fouquet in great agitation. About a quarter of an hour. Whither have they gone then? To Vincent. To the Donchon. Who took them from here? An order from the king. Oh, woe, woe! exclaimed Fouquet, striking his forehead. Woe! And without saying a single word more to the governor, he threw himself back into his carriage, despair in his heart, and death on his countenance. Well, said Pelisson, with great anxiety, our friends are lost. Colbert is conveying them to the Donchon. They crossed our path under the Arcade Saint-Jean. Pelisson, struck as by a thunderbolt, made no reply. With a single reproach he would have killed his master. "'Where is Monseigneur going?' said the footman. "'Home. To Paris. You, Pelisson, return to saint mand and bring the Abbe Fouquet to me within an hour. Be gone!' End of chapter 59 Recording by Christine in Oslo, Norway The 24th of September 2011